Welcome back. I'm Zunati Guma and you're watching Stockwatch this week and joining us for a review of the week's stock performances and answers to your stock-related questions is Rikas Riedis from PSG, a hole-in-one wealth ramser. Send your questions via SMS to 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag stockwatch. Thank you so much for your time, uh, Rikas. Uh, Rikas, I'm quite confused about the market's reaction. Um... Or rather, what investors are pricing in after Powell's speech yesterday, because I mean, this was long awaited, and we did see U.S. Treasury yields spiking ahead of that uh, speech. He did say that inflation still remains uh, way too high, and that uh, we might need the economy to significantly, we will need the economy to significantly slow down to actually reach uh, those uh, inflation levels that we want. Uh, but even after that, after he said that uh, inflation still remains too high, they remain resilient loot in reaching that target markets took that as though we might expect a hold in the next meeting and with some even saying maybe in the next two meetings of the fed and i'm just wondering are the markets just still going against the fed or were they significant comments that actually led markets that way i don't think it was a um a comment that was anything uh, that there was anything unusual about it. I mean, what he's effectively saying is uh, more people should lose their jobs before they start decreasing interest rates. Um, it's as easy as that. Um, so that um, shall we say lack of any change in what the Fed has been saying or what Powell has been saying for the past number of meetings, and you add on to that the increased geopolitical risk. Um, in the Middle East, plus some mixed company results, and we've had the week that we've had, which is which has been um, going one way, which is which is down, whether it be locally or globally, for that matter. Hmm. And the markets are still red, actually, um, particularly the JSC, and I'm wondering if if that has. Yeah, what the, what is that a signal of? Um, I mean, we also did get a t terrible news coming out of the inflation front um, with our own inflation uh, going up from 4.8% to 5.4%, seeming that it wants to knock on the upper band of uh, that uh, sub inflation target. Is it also just the, the oil price and kind of the risks uh, also that remain that are kind of uh, not letting markets move out of red territory right now? I think locally, um, always remember that the two most significant factors that um, affect um, our local market are, are, first of all, the RAND, and secondly, commodity prices. Um, the RAND hasn't been playing along. It's been, it's been holding up relatively well, you know, sort of around about the 19 RAND level, but it's not going anywhere, and if it's going anywhere, it tends to want to go softer as far as I can see. On the second part, um, commodity metals prices um, have been going down over the past week, and that's directly as a result of what's happening in China, where um, really nothing is happening. There has been some monetary stimulus, for example, this morning again, with China keeping its lending rates unchanged and also intervening in the uh, short-term market. But it's, it's, it's haphazard as far as um, China is concerned, in trying to get the economy on a growth path. And I don't think that's going to change because there is no um, unified policy as far as the Chinese are, are concerned. It, it, you know, there's 
no real plan, and there's no real plan because Xi Jinping hasn't instituted a real plan. And I think in the end, um, commodities are waiting for the Chinese to do what they've been doing for more than a decade now. Yeah. Start spending on infrastructure. It's not going to help in the longer term, but short term that will give commodities a boost, and hopefully that's going to be the thing that boosts our market. Until such time as that happens, our own economic news is, has been bad and remains bad. So there's no real um, uh, specific thing that is causing weakness. Our market is weak, lower com commodity prices and global weakness in in a, in a world stock market. Yeah. Ah, Rikas, um, you know, something that's uh, very interesting is seeing companies um, try to change the trajectory of their earnings um, by making moves and doing shuffles and reshuffles in the leadership positions. We saw that with, with the pick and pay. And today we're seeing that with Tiger Brands. Uh, well, let's start off with, with, with Tiger Brands. Um, the stock price is up 18% at this point. Uh, really, investors are digging into the stock. Is this a kind of change in sentiment on Tiger Brands? Or, I mean, before entering it, would you maybe just like to see the actual numbers instead of what's happening in the C-suite? Um, yeah, well, obviously the, the, um, the market is welcoming a change in leadership, mm. which would, um, and I think today's increase in share price reflects the optimism that, well, um, it's hopefully going to be better than the last set of uh, you know of 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 managers. We'll have to wait and see whether whether that has any effect. And obviously, that will only play itself out in time. Um, but um, together with the rest of local stocks, I mean, whether it be Tiger Brands or or you know Pick and Pay or or whatever sector you are looking at, except maybe for, for something like, like tourism, um, times are difficult. And if management um, is not managing to get us through this, then then it makes sense that shareholders and, and directors would, would um, start looking elsewhere for um, not necessarily better uh, leadership, but a change in in mm. a change in leadership, and together with that, a change in in um, in the direction the company takes. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, but I mean, just would you be keen to get into the stock if you're not already in it, and just also looking at the broader uh, sector of the food producers right now? Well, um, I'm not in Tiger Brands, but I am in AVI, which mm -hmm. is a direct competitor, and that stock has held up pretty well, you know, over the past year, considering where we are in the market in in general. So, um, I would stay with AVI because it's a known quantity. We know what management is capable, and we know the difficulty of the environment they're operating in. Whereas Tiger Brands. Um, with the change in leadership, it might be a great recovery story if you feel you can take on that risk. I personally don't 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 want to do that. But yes, if um, 
I think as far as management style is concerned, Tiger Brands has the opportunity to be better managed. And with that, obviously, positive sentiment towards the um, the company itself. And with that, an increase in the, in the price of the share um, might happen. But there's a lot of might there. And I would rather see a little bit of a track record before thinking, okay, this is a company that is on a recovery path. Uh, well, talking about might and, of course, these leadership changes, uh, we did have one with Pick and Pay, and they released their results uh, this week. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. With, with Pick and Pay, I feel like markets haven't really um, responded to the uh, CEO change. I mean, uh, as much as they have responded, for example, with uh, Tiger Brands and also, um, as we saw with, with Nampak a while back, I actually spoke with the CEO and I think the tone that I got is that he's very confident, but of course that is his job to kind of deliver a confident tone that, you know, as much as this is a multi-year process, but it's, it's re- it, he says it's going back to the basics. I mean, uh, mm. would, you, would you simplify that process um, like that or... Is it just far more complicated? Let me put it this way. Um, let's compare the two, Tiger Brands changing um, management and, and pick and pay. With Tiger Brands, I think the, um, the concern surrounding management was bigger than the concern surrounding the company. Mm. With pick and pay, it's the other way around. Uh, you know, even a change in leadership cannot change the fact that the company is in serious difficulty. Just taking a look at their cash flow, just taking a look at their margins, just taking a look at their revenues. Mm, Okay, that's a a very, very interesting take. Um, One thing I'm confused about today, uh, Rikus, Omnia um, uh, released a sense uh, saying that the PIC, that's the Public Investment Corporation, increased its uh, stake in the company, uh, where now they hold 25.137% of Omnia's shares. But the share price reacting uh, in the opposite direction as what I would have thought at this point down uh, 4%. I mean, I hope that's not a reflection on the PIC. <laughs> but um, <laughs> 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 that people <laughs> go mm. when the PIC comes in. <laughs> but uh, what do you make of, of Omnia right now? I mean, is one of the companies uh, that is considered a really good company mm. that's had a very good turnaround in the last few years. They have. Yeah, I was I was smiling because there is that thought on on um, Twitter that that wants to do the opposite of what the PIC does. Th- <laughs> Look, ACI is down as well today. Maybe okay. not as much as Omnia, but but there's but there's general weakness. As I said, commodity markets. Omnia AC, ACI is part of that market to to a certain extent. So I think. A lot of that price movement is possibly um, just general market weakness. Uh, yeah, I think Omnia has, has done well to turn themselves around. Um, AAC has outperformed them, which is why I am in AAC and not in Omnia. But um, kudos for the company digging themselves out of a very big hole two or three years ago.
Hmm. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, um, as we were talking about uh, companies uh, whose uh, kind of share price movements have been weak, uh, we've also seen uh, that kind of trend with the asset managers, and we actually did have 91 and Quilta coming out with uh, their uh, updates on uh, their assets under management, both kind of really uh, depicting the same trend of uh, in the third quarter, those uh, that AUM remaining flat compared to the second quarter. I'm just wondering in this kind of market, because obviously we know that they are very market dependent in this kind of environment where as much as maybe the Fed might not increase interest rates, but the, the fact that it's still a hold, it would mean that interest rates are still quite high and that markets aren't really going to be significantly bullish until interest rates start going down. What do you do with these asset managers uh, right now, Rikas? Um, do you go in in the kind of depressed environment or do you wait until the markets kind of start to turn around? Um, it depends, and it's always a depend because it depends on the individual investor. If you're a long-term holder, I think both um, um, 91 and, um, sorry, what, what, who are we talking about? Uh, Quilter, um, yeah, 91 and Quilter. Yeah. Yeah, th- yeah, I mean, they are they are good asset managers in, in the sense of that they don't do silly things and and and... And I like both their um, both their styles. They're a little bit different, depending on where their asset base is, you know, whether it be more local or more offshores. But as a long-term smaller investor, um, um, yeah, I would I would be happy to hold them through market troughs, and 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 we are obviously sitting with that. Um, for your short-term, more adventurous, you would you know. You would rather go and try and get a specific company in your portfolio that actually does something rather than just hold something, um, which is what a lot of the value of those asset managers are based on. Um, and um, try and buy quality stocks at cheap prices, if I can, if I can use that cliche. Uh. Um, I think we should also not forget that we are sitting in October. And historically, September, October has been the worst performing months um, in the year. And this year is exactly the same. As to whether we're going to get a rally into the um, end of December, I think depends on large, to a large extent on what happens in the American market. And that depends on the quarterly earnings that we are seeing being reported every day. Yeah. Talk about qu- quarterly earnings. Uh, Mondi came out with uh, a rather a softer uh, report for the third quarter. Yesterday, we saw that stock being punished, and we also saw Sappy trading down in sympathy. Um, I mean, with Mondi, I would have thought that uh, kind of all the bad news was in, considering uh, that they have exited Russia now, but uh, clearly the macroeconomic environment isn't helping. We know the cyclicality of those companies. Uh, do you just take that uh, in your stride as a holder of Mondi and just hold? Uh, but also, if you're not in the stock, would this maybe provide an opportunity, particularly for Mondi or not? If you like packaging stocks, Mondi is fantastic. I, I like their innovation. I like um, their focus on doing what they what they do, doing that very well. I'm very glad they're out of Russia, but. Um, as far as the sector is concerned, it's having difficulties. And the problem is that a lot of Mondi's businesses um, are in Europe. And if you're in Europe at the moment, energy, energy prices are not in your favor. 
I mean, it's not as if there's a lack of energy, but you've got to really pay up for it. And that's also a huge part of Monty's expenses, apart from the fact that, that, that earnings are, are cyclical. So it's a bit of a headwind for them, and I'm not surprised that they... Um, that the announcement wasn't all that positive, and I can't see things changing very much for them in the next six, nine months. Hmm, all right. Well, let's get to uh, more good news, uh, or optimism rather, uh, with your stock pick for today. What will it be, Rickers? Um, it's United Health, which is American listed, if not the biggest, probably one of the biggest worldwide healthcare providers. Um, um, diverse range of services from, from you know, delivering your pharmaceuticals to um, administration of benefits. Um, apart from the fact that historically they've got a great return on equity, a very convincing um, earnings history, very well managed. The What interests me is the effect that um, the development of AI is going to have on them. And I'm not talking large language models, I'm talking AI in the sense of um, you know, minimizing the bureaucracy because that's that's what AI is. It's efficiency and productivity and minimizing bureaucracy, um, um, learning from past mistakes as far as underwriting is concerned and, and more interestingly, technology-wise in the field of some of things like robotic surgery, for example. It's a... It's a it's something positive that hasn't come through yet, and I think if it does, and I, and I suspect it will, it could change the earnings profile of that company. Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much for your time and analysis and insights on uh, some of the stock performances this week. Uh, thank you very much for your time, Rikas. That was Rikas Riedis from PSG Wealth, Hole-in-One at Ramsech.